What is the name of the reporter from the Pawnee Sun who steals Leslie's jokes at the correspondence lunch? Answer at the end of the episode. Hello! Welcome to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If this is your first time listening to the show, thank you. Every week, I break down one or multiple characters by sharing their series arc, as well as quotes, facts, and other tidbits. This is episode number 22, being recorded Sunday, July 11th, 2021. Today, I will be discussing April Ludgate. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email citizensofpawnee at gmail.com. You can also follow and message the show on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast, as well as my other page at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes drop every Wednesday morning and can be heard wherever you find your podcast now. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Okay, so this week on uh, <coughs> Filler... Uh, first, I'm going to start you off with a Parks Rec, Parks Rec memes update. So, um, as you know, I'm doing the uh, best quotes for the individual characters. The one that finished most recently was the best Ben Wyatt quote, and that quote was, "I don't even have time to tell you how wrong you are." Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. So, <clears throat> great quote right there. That uh, kind of. Uh, puts Ben right there in a box. I mean, like it's, it's perfect. Cause, uh, just showing that Ben is, uh, he's a perfectionist. So he has to, you know, I'm not even going to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, I have to tell you how wrong you are. Like it would bug him if he, uh, as he said in the quote, but anyway, uh, right now we are in the final round for best John Ralphio quote. And the two that are in the finalists, <laughs> the two finalists are, she's the worst verse. I made my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by Alexis. And right now, uh, She's the Worst is at 47%, and Alexis is at 53%. The Alexis one is only winning by about 250 votes. Um, I have a feeling that one's going to win. I kind of knew it was going to win from the get-go. Uh, excuse me. Woo. Burping. Uh, anyway. So, um, yeah, I have a feeling that one's going to win, but got about, I don't know, five, six more hours before I uh, finish it off. So, anyway, um, what else do I have to ramble on about? Uh, I am recording early this week. As, as you heard, I said um, recording Sunday instead of my usual Tuesday. My family and I are going on vacation for about four days. We're leaving tomorrow morning, so I will not be here on uh, Tuesday to record. I could could have probably done it like in my car or something, because <laughs> we're we're not going like we're not uh, flying anywhere. We're just we're only going about uh, an hour and a half, two hours away um, for you know a nice uh, I don't know just something. We haven't done anything since COVID, anything uh, like vacation related stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a good time. My kids are really excited. So. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's why I uh, it was kind of weird, actually, when I was writing some of this, the stuff that isn't related to April, just like notes and whatnot, I had to keep in mind that I'm doing this two days early, like I was about to say, which uh, character I'm doing next for the Park Rec memes thing. However, I'm not going to announce that now because that one will already be like almost done probably by the time this episode comes out. And then, you know, for example, if I was like, oh, you know, we're doing Ron Swanson this week, 
when it comes out on Wednesday, like if I, you know what I mean? Anyway. So, um, yeah. Um, I watched a couple classic movies this weekend with my, uh, my wife and kids movies that my kids hadn't seen yet. They are, uh, nine and six years old. So they had never seen the Goonies. So we watched that. Uh, they, I, I don't know if they, I, I think they liked it. My younger daughter, she, uh, she actually watched it again today. She, she was like, uh, I want to watch the Googies, the Googies, which was uh, hysterical. And then uh, the other one we watched was The Sandlot, which we just watched a couple hours ago. And I don't think they liked that one as much. And uh, The Sandlot and Goonies are two of my favorite, like, child movies, like, if that makes any sense, you know, like, in, like kids, like, group, buddy, buddy, buddy movies, I guess. <laughs> movies that aren't it. And they aren't about killer clowns, you know, like other movies involving uh, groups of kids like that. So uh, both great movies. And then, oh, I also saw Black Widow, the new uh, Marvel movie, the new MCU film. Um, I, I, I was a little upset. I'll say I was a little let down. I feel I was really, really looking forward to this movie. And I, you know, like maybe it was just like the hype train. I understand it's a Marvel movie and just like how long we had to wait for this, just like kind of everything with COVID, which is actually funny. I'll, I'll get back to Black Widow in a second when I was at the theater and I was telling my wife afterwards, like every movie they showed a trailer for comes out like next week or like the week after that. You you know, you're used to going to the theaters and seeing like coming, you know, this Christmas or coming, you know, next fall. But since all these these studios just have so many movies on the shelves that they've been holding because of COVID, so it's actually pretty awesome for us, like the, you know, the, the movie viewers, the movie viewers, the, the theater going, viewer, I don't know, whatever you want to call us. But um, back to the movie. So, yeah, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of the MCU and I've been watching Loki right now, which I won't get into that. There's one more episode left. So maybe next week I'll just go over my my full week thoughts on or my full uh, se uh, season thoughts on that. But yeah, Black Widow. Um, I, I'm going to try not to spoil anything. Actually, like I, I won't spoil anything, anything major at least. But, um, to start off the, the villain in the, the movie Taskmaster, who's the one in the trailers that, you know, has the mask on and is like shooting the bow and arrow and everything. This character had like the potential to be so awesome, but this, it was arguably one of the worst Marvel villains because the character was just boring didn't really have much to do with the plot and uh, I, yeah I, I don't know it just it, the character reminded me of the winter soldier but like just like a, a worse version of it like and I again I don't want to ruin anything because the movie just came out so I'm not gonna uh, spoil anything but I just thought yeah the, the villain sucked and I, I was watching another review on it and um, it was Jeremy Johns actually on YouTube. I don't know if, if you don't watch him, if you, if you like watching or listening to movie reviews that aren't on this podcast, cause mine suck. <laughs> I'm just filling time here. But um, anyway, he, he had a really good point. He was saying, it's like, I mean, obviously we know that <laughs> big spoiler here. If you haven't seen Endgame, um, in which case that's your fault, but uh, black widow is dead. She died in that movie. So this movie that she has right now is obviously a prequel. We know that it takes place before she dies. So we know that nothing, nothing bad is going to happen to her. I mean, like 
you see in the trailers these scenes of her flying through the air like in you know what looks like a, a like a destroyed like spacecraft and she's literally doing this without a parachute just like flying through being chased by taskmaster and it's like all right i mean like it looks awesome but we don't really have it there's no we know she's not gonna die so it's just like okay all right we can just kind of watch this without any worry but um yeah i don't know i mean like the cast was really good i do like florence pew pew i think it is um she is basically the way they have it set up is it looks like she'll probably be taking over that role of the black widow so um i wasn't sure if i was gonna like her or not i've seen her in a few movies and uh the first one i saw her in was uh i think it was called fighting with my family the one where she was the i don't even remember who it was but she it was the wwe movie where she played the wrestler it was like a biography that was a pretty good movie. I liked her in that. And then she was also in that movie Midsummer. I hated that movie so much. I, I just thought it was so overrated and stupid. And it, it just, as far as horror movies go, it was more just like boring and just, ugh. but so yeah, I wasn't sure if I'd like her. Uh, turns out I did. So I'm looking forward to her joining the MCU. There was a post credit scene in this movie. It is at the very end of the credits. There's nothing in between. There's no mid credit. Um, and then even the post credit scene, I thought was a bit of a letdown. I'm not going to say anything about that, except I just didn't think it was that great, but it definitely is paving the way for, um, you know, more MCU stuff. So anyway, uh, black widow, uh, I would definitely recommend it though. I mean, if you're, if you're an MCU fan, you it's, it's absolutely, it's worth seeing. This movie, though, it doesn't really add much because it takes place in between Civil War and um, Infinity War. So it's more so it, it's the movie that she deserved that she should have gotten when she was still alive. But, um, you know, I guess it was <laughs> I hate to say it's like, yeah, it's like, I guess it's the best they could do because, you know, it was definitely a valiant effort. I just thought I was expecting more, I guess. So anyway, um. Okay, I guess that's uh, all I'm going to kind of BS about. Before I get started, I wanted to throw a quick shout out to uh, Instagram Instagram user TheReal.CookieCrispWizard. Um, he goes by the name April's Fool. Uh, so I, um, I, I'm pretty sure you're listening. I know you listen to the podcast. I don't even know what your name is, bud. We talk a lot through um, Messenger on Instagram, and uh, I know you're a huge fan of April, and I know you were looking forward to this episode. I hope it doesn't suck, <laughs> uh, uh, but I mean, if you're not happy with the other episodes I've done and you've just been waiting for the April one, I apologize for making you wait so long, bud. But anyway, here we go. So April Roberta Ludgate Dwyer born November 13th, 1987 in Pawnee, Indiana. She is played by Aubrey Plaza. She appears in 123 episodes. Her first appearance is the pilot episode. Her last appearance is a Parks and Rec special. Okay. <clears throat> April starts off the show as an aimless intern for the Pawnee Department of Parks and Recreation. She's very uninterested in the job and is very sarcastic and at times mean to her coworkers and really anyone else she encounters. Apparently, she was assigned the internship after her sister Natalie forgot to wake her up on intern sign-up date. She is of Puerto Rican descent, and though she's not proficient in the language, she speaks and understands some Spanish. 
April has a strange sense of humor and interest that almost, I'm sorry, that almost would lead some to believe that she's a witch or into the occult. Some of this is shown when she tries to get a job in a mortuary or when she says things like, I really only like listen to like German death reggae and Halloween sound effects from the 1950s. Or when she wears a black dress that would wear that one would wear to a funeral to prom. Also, just listen to this. Okay, so this is a multimedia project. First, a bunch of rats made out of garbage. And um, this is a TV screen. It'll be like a big flat screen TV and I'll play looped video of knee surgeries. And then this is a human sized hamster wheel that will be next to the mural if we can get one. And it'll be spinning and there'll be like a fat guy in it all the time, like screaming and like eating raw beef, and, like bleeding and like blood will like come out of his mouth and stuff. And um, that'll be like right next to the mural. Over the course of the series, April matures a lot, though, eventually marrying April Dwyer and having children as well. It is shown numerous times that although April acts like she doesn't care about her job or really anything for that matter, she actually does. Okay, so in season one, we start with the pilot episode. April is introduced as the intern for the Parks Department when her, Leslie, and Tom go to Ann's house to see the pit at Lot 48. She seems uninterested from the get-go, but friendly and polite at least. In Boys Club, April has set up a new social networking website for the pit construction, uh, sorry, for the pit construction project. After Leslie gets in trouble for accepting a gift basket and consuming the cheese and wine, she gives an apology and also gives the website's new page link out to everyone. She's horrified to see though that April, who's only 19 at the time, has posted a video to the site of her drinking and as well. However, no one knew about this but April. Leslie takes the blame for the basket as well as April drinking. In Rock Show, we find out that April has a boyfriend, Derek, but we don't meet him until the next episode, which ends up to season, uh, sorry, which leads up to season two. Uh, season two. <laughs> In the episode Pawnee Zoo, April introduces Leslie to her boyfriend, Derek, and also to Derek's boyfriend, Ben. Ben and Leslie don't get along, though, but they make out sometimes when they're drunk. After Leslie accidentally arranges a gay penguin marriage, she becomes a hero among the Pawnee gay community. So April and her boyfriends invite Leslie to a celebratory party at The Bulge. In Beauty Pageant... April enters the Miss Pawnee beauty pageant, which is way out of character for her, but she's doing it because of the $600 first prize. She tries to suck up to Leslie, who is the judge, but to no avail. Eventually, April quits the contest when she finds out that the $600 is actually in gift certificates and are for a fence company. Miss Pawnee, a winner of $600 in gift certificates to Big Archie's Sporting Goods and Emerson Fencing Company. We don't get cash, this is for a fence? Well, it won't cover a whole fence, but it will defray the cost considerably. Oh my God. I quit. I quit. Okay, I guess she really is quitting. No, I didn't win, but at least I didn't make any new friendships. In practice date, after the entire office fails to find any dirt on April, she reveals that she once drove a riding lawnmower through a Nordstrom department store. 
In Sister City, we find out that April can speak Spanish as she serves at a translate, as a translator when department officials from Baracoa, Venezuela, come to Pawnee. In The Camel, when the Parks Department is trying to come up with ideas for a new mural in City Hall after the previous was vandalized, April comes up with the idea that I actually already played for you. I was going to play that here. I don't know why I didn't, but yeah, the, the one with the... Um, the the fat guy on the treadmill and all that <laughs> disgusting stuff, which I'm going to talk about that scene again later. So, okay. So Ian, the episode hunting trip, when the parks department goes on a retreat, April stays behind to manage the office. Leslie has asked her to take care of a managing request while she's gone. April, having been on hold for hours and desperately needing to go pee, finally spots Andy Dwyer outside in the hallway. She frantically calls him in and has him watch the desk while she's gone. When she comes back, the two start to bond and spend the day together doing goofy stuff in the office. Andy mentioned that he's upset about Ann being with Mark on the trip, so April offers to give him a hickey to make Ann jealous, and he accepts. At the time, actress Aubrey Plaza hinted that this could be the start of an ongoing romance. Turns out she was right on that one. In Christmas Scandal... April asks Andy for advice on what to get her boyfriend, Derek, for Christmas. Andy has no idea what to suggest for a gay man, so he comes up with some good intention but mostly dumb ideas. April doesn't seem to care, though, as it's becoming apparent the two are connecting and she just enjoys his company. April gets Andy a Reggie Wayne jersey for helping, a jersey we will see again next season. Um... I was kind of thinking, actually, like when I was uh, kind of looking over this and remembering this scene, I remember how it, it just seems kind of funny to me that like, you know, obviously April likes Andy um, and she's asking him what to get her boyfriend. So I do think and a lot of it, you know, like you'll you'll see because I'll read more of the stuff that Andy, for the most part, for the first like half of almost their um kind of them almost getting together he is completely oblivious to the fact that april's you know got feelings for him i mean he catches on later but like you know he's just he's really stupid about it so i kind of feel like april asking him what should i get my boyfriend is like one of because i'll get into more a little bit how i i feel like april can be very very immature and like bratty at times and sometimes it's to like almost unlikable um <laughs> measures but anyway, um, yeah, I just thought that that's kind of what, what she was trying to do there. It was just like to get Andy thinking about her boyfriend. And I don't think it really worked. However, he got a Reggie Wayne jersey out of it. Um, and I want to give a shout out to um, my BFF, Mike, who is my fantasy football partner, Reggie Wayne. He's been on our fantasy team many times. Um, he does not play anymore, though. So anyway, he had a great career. Love you, Reggie. In the setup, April has been drawing some attention from her co-workers by intentionally showing up late and slacking off. She is becoming bored with her internship and wants to quit. But after spending more time at the shoeshine stand with Andy, she applies to be Ron's assistant and he hires her right away. In the episode Sweetums, we see more of the possible romance between April and Andy. However, it's still mostly April reciprocating and Andy clueless. She even offers to help Tom move just because Andy is helping. April is shown doing some out-of-character things like dancing, 
but all seemingly because she enjoys being around Andy. When April's boyfriends show up, Andy tries to be friendly with them, but when he leaves, they mock him, which offends April. They even call her out for her behavior ever since she started hanging out with him. He later asks her to come watch him rollerblade, and though she wants to, she lies and says she has plans, worrying that Ben and Derek may have been right. In Galentine's Day, Pawnee is hosting their senior dance, where Mouse Red is set to perform. When Ben and Derek show up, dressed as old people, and begin to mock the seniors, April, very annoyed, calls them out for their constant negativity and how everything has to be so layered in irony with their mockery. They again call her out for her new attitude since hanging out with Andy. This time, though, she breaks up with Derek, and also Ben. Later, April is up close to the stage when Anne walks up and asks her if, if her and Andy are a couple. Offended, April replies, no, why? Anne says she thinks they'd be a good couple, but seems a little bit jealous, especially when Andy dedicates a song to April. In Woman of the Year, Andy starts apartment hunting with April's help. They find an affordable one that is relatively close to April's house. She even suggests that they could carpool. Andy, however, gives the $1,000 that he needs for his deposit to Tom for the snake hole lounge, and April is left confused and disappointed. Again, though, Andy is still kind of oblivious about April liking him. In The Possum, Andy catches a possum that has been wreaking havoc on the local golf course. When doing an interview with Andy, reporter Sean Amalway Tweep suggests that maybe Ann will take him back after his heroic efforts. April hears this and storms out. Later, though, April reads the newspaper article about Andy, and he credits April for giving him the moral support to catch the possum. I believe there was also, some, um, he said something about, like, her giving him the morning energy, like, because she brought him a coffee in the morning. So, um, anyway, yeah, she was, she was happy to hear that. In Summer Catalog, April and Andy's friendship and relationship is growing. Leslie asks them to help her with a picnic, and afterwards... Andy asks April if she wants to go out to a bar with him. She accepts, however, can't get into the bar when they arrive because she's only 20 years old, a fact that Andy did not know. Embarrassed, April says that they can go to another bar, but Andy decides to call it a night, obviously uncomfortable about her young age. Later, the Pawnee Summer Catalog features a picture of April and Andy on the cover, and it does show the two of them like in their you know, respective locations. She's sitting at her desk, I believe, and then he's at the shoe shine stand. But it shows the two of them both looking at the picture. And this is even after it seems like Andy might not want to pursue this because of her age. He does smile and it looks like he's like he likes the idea of him and April being together. So um, that was kind of cool. In the episode 94 meetings, April screws up royally when on a seemingly normal day, Ron comes in and notices a long line of people waiting to meet with him. April, who's in charge of making sure Ron doesn't have to speak with anyone, has made a huge clerical error. When people would call to make appointments with Ron, she would tell them to come on March 31st, thinking it wasn't a real day and that March only has 30 days. Ron enlists the help of everyone available, but is still very pissed off and even yells at April. Later on after the meetings, she goes into Ron's office and tells him that she quits. Okay, so this is the where I, I just kind of like what I was talking about a second ago as far as like bratty April is what I'll call her. So later on, um, 
I'll, I guess I'll, I'll try to talk about this before I get back to um, what I was talking about. So you're going to realize that April has very, very, um, it looks like her parents are way too nice. And it looks like they kind of let her and her sister, Natalie, do whatever they want. So I, you can kind of see why her getting yelled at for the first time would cause her to up and just quit a job. Like she's, you know, because I, I could see that. I mean, she's an intern, so there's a very good chance that she has never had a job job before. And you find out that, and not, not just saying that everyone's first job is an internship, but based on how young April is, I'm guessing it's her first job. And also she never talks about anything previously, but yeah, you can really just tell by yeah the way that she just kind of, especially after they, they were in a jam like that. And this whole thing was her fault, you know, but she quits and then, you know, she has to just make it all be all dramatic about it just because he yelled at her. So uh, later on, Ron goes to April's house to apologize and meets her family who call her Zuzu. April accepts Ron's apology and agrees to come back to work. He calls her Zuzu as a joke, and in retaliation, she calls him Duke Silver, which is Ron's saxophone playing alter ego, <laughs> which is really funny, too, because, yeah, he's putting his shoes on and he's like, OK, I'll see you at work, Zuzu, like trying to be funny. And he's like, <laughs> like kind of thinking he's like, yeah, he got a good one off. And he's putting his shoes on and she's like she calls him Duke Silver and he just stops and like he has the door halfway open and then he closes it and turns around. And this is, I believe. This is only after like, it's one episode, I think, after we were first introduced to uh, Duke Silver. So it's still fresh in our minds. And she, uh, after Ron swears her to secrecy, she tells him that her mom has all the records and that she knew it was him the first day that they met. In the master plan, April is turning 21 and having her birthday party at the Snake Hole Lounge. Andy is still jaded on whether or not April is too young for him, as he is 29 years old. He decides that it's okay after some advice from Tom Haverford. At her party, April and Andy are having a great time until Andy goes to the bar to get drinks, and a very drunk Anne shows up. Andy helps her take off her sweater because she's hot, and April sees this, making her jealous. When Andy returns, April is now with John Ralphio, who, has, who she has called over to make Andy jealous. All right. So <laughs> I have to stop again because it, like in her pursuit to get Andy, you did see a lot of like, uh, again, uh, uh, like I just said, a lot of immature April, a lot of bratty April, a lot of her just like not getting her way and just being very childish. And I didn't mention it because it wasn't like a major point. I did mention it in Sewage Joe's episode uh, two weeks ago, I think, that April does this again when she's trying to make Andy jealous during the telethon and she uh, someone calls to make a pledge and, and she's like, hey, you know, she starts flirting with him and it just happens to be Sewage Joe. So, again, she's trying to make Andy jealous and she's just doing all this like dumb shit that's just like completely backfiring on her because she's just she's still convinced that he's in love with Anne, but she's she really likes him a lot. And. Also, the fact that he's just kind of an idiot, I think that's pissing her off, too. So anyway, uh, later, Andy does a talking head revealing that he thought April liked him and he must have misread the situation. So that was the first time that Andy actually acknowledged 
more so, or at least we were kind of like, oh, okay, idiot, you you are getting this. You do understand. Like, now he gets it. So I believe that was the first time he told us that. In the season two finale, Freddy Spaghetti, April and Andy finally reveal their feelings for each other. But April admits that she's not ready because she feels Andy is still in love with Anne, which he assures her he isn't. Later in the episode, Andy is in a motorcycle accident and ends up in the hospital. While there, Anne kisses Andy in a moment of confusion. April hears about the accident and rushes over, telling Andy that she's so sorry and that she wants to be with him. He says the same, but then admits to her that Anne kissed him. April is immediately pissed off and leaves. Okay. Moving on to season three. Jeez. In the episode, Go Big or Go Home, after the government has been shut down, April has been unheard of, at least by, or unheard of, <laughs> she has been unheard from, at least by Andy Dwyer, for three months. Andy has been leaving countless messages which she hasn't been replying to. She has been in Venezuela, where she met her new boyfriend, Eduardo, who she has brought back to Pawnee with her. So, real quick, actually, I was wondering this thing, it says that she just got back from Venezuela. So I was thinking earlier in the season or earlier last season, that was the episode Sister City when there was one of the, like the intern, like April's basically her her equivalent in uh, Venezuela. I think the, the kid's name was Johnny. He kept telling her that he was like in love with her and he he wanted to bring her back to Venezuela. So I, I never thought of that until this one or till like kind of doing this research. I wonder if she went to Venezuela maybe with that dude or maybe like met up with that guy, but then came back with this guy instead. Cause it didn't say anything about her going on like a family vacation to Venezuela. And I mean, she was gone for three months and the guy that um, the guy that was trying to get her to go back with him is like a prince basically, or he lives like a prince. Like he has, he basically his, he talks about how he's like lower and he's like, it would be considered like internship level like that, but he's like rich as hell. He's got like a palace and everything. So yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's maybe a, a, an interesting theory there that I just thought of. I got to start writing these down. So um, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was kind of uh, coincidental in flu season, April and many Pawnee citizens have caught the flu bug. April, still pissed off at Anne for kissing Andy, is making her life a living hell. At the end of her shift, Anne immediately lashes out at April, telling her she kissed Andy out of confusion and it meant nothing. April comes to respect Anne a little bit more after her outburst. In Time Capsule, <clears throat> after Andy gets advice from Chris Traeger, I'm sorry. Yeah, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> After Andy gets advice about Chris Traeger, he looks at the things that people like about him. It essentially comes down to two things. He's nice and he plays in a band. Andy sucks it up and decides to be nice to Eduardo, and the two become friends and bond over music. April dumps him and he goes back to Venezuela. In Media Blitz, April accepts Chris Traeger's offer to move to Indianapolis to be his secretary. Andy hears about this and tells April that he'll do all the things she hates doing for her if she'll stay. She appeases him and lets him do the chores, but insists she's still leaving regardless. After Andy is arrested doing one of the chores, April kisses him and the two finally become a couple. And in the episode Harvest Festival, 
Andy and April have their first fight, sort of, though, as uh, like always, Andy is oblivious to the situation. In this episode, April tells Andy for the first time that she loves him. This is his response. Hey, I love you. Dude, shut up. That is awesome sauce. This is not the response she wanted, so she turns into a five-year-old for the episode and passive-aggressively shames Andy for his response. Naturally, he has no idea this is happening. Finally, he realizes that she's upset and asks why. She won't tell him, so Ron, who has been in the loop, tells Andy what's going on and calls April out for acting like a child. Andy tells her, I do love you. That's what makes the sauce so awesome. In April and Andy's fancy party... The two get married at was at what was originally a housewarming party, but then was later revealed by Andy to be their wedding. In Jerry's painting, April and Andy ask Ben if he'd like to move in with them as he is still living in a motel and they need a roommate. April has some specific house rules, though. We have a couple of house rules, though. Yeah, sure, of course. You can't use the front door. You have to climb in through the back window. No personal phone conversations. If you ever speak to me in Spanish, please use the formal usted. And no electricity after 6 p.m. <laughs> She's joking. Okay. You can use as much free electricity as you want. It's free. <laughs> a couple more rules. If you ever watch a sad movie, you have to wear mascara so we can see whether or not you've been crying. There's no noise a lot on Mondays and no TV after breakfast. Ben gives them cash to buy things that adults use, like dinnerware, instead of frisbees for plates. In The Fight, we are introduced to April's alter ego, Janet Snakehole. She is described as an aristocratic widow with a dark secret. Her and Andy, who is Burt Macklin, of course, are role-playing to try and make the night more interesting. In Road Trip, April upsets Andy for the first time as she reveals to him that she doesn't think Mouse Rat is a real band and that her favorite band isn't Mouse Rat. Andy is shocked. She claims that she's told him many times that her favorite band is Neutral Milk Hotel. In turn, Andy becomes jealous and childish until April visits Anne and gets some advice on Andy. After this, she calls upon the other three members of Mouse Rat and plays a few songs with them which gets Andy's attention and cheers him up. In the season finale, Lil Sebastian, after April is successfully selling mouse rat CDs at the shoe sign stand, Andy asks her to manage the band, which surprises her and makes her very happy. Okay, on to season four. In the episode Pawnee Rangers, we find out that April is, in fact, part of the Pawnee Goddesses, which is Leslie's answer uh, basically, it's like her version of Ron Swanson, all boys exclusive <clears throat> club called the Pawnee Rangers. Um, nothing exciting on that. Just telling you that she is a Pawnee goddess, in case you were wondering. In the end of the world, April and sorry, April and Andy decide to check off as many things on Andy's bucket list as they can. Some things include making the world's greatest grilled cheese starring in an action film, and seeing the Grand Canyon. In a very great ending scene, the two arrive at the Grand Canyon after taking April's parents' car. April claims that she's trying hard to hate it, but can't come up with any reasons why. And that has the very classic scene of them both looking out on, into the Grand Canyon, and then April being like, I'm sorry, Andy just being like, uh, where, are, uh, where are the faces, uh, the president? 
him thinking it's uh, Mount Rushmore or him thinking that Mount Rushmore and uh, the Grand Canyon are the same thing. So I love that. And then she just, you know, turns and looks at him and does a classic April look, which she does numerous times throughout the season. Like I do love that. Granted, April is a pretty smart person and Andy is obviously an idiot, but I love that she the, the the show doesn't stray away from showing April's reactions when Andy says and does dumb things. Like it's not her always thinking it's funny or cute. A lot of times she reacts the same way we do, like shaking her head or just putting her hands out. Like, yeah, I, I married this guy. So, um, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> In the comeback, kid April and Andy adopt a three-legged pit bull named Champion. A uh, couple fun facts real quick about Champion. First of all, Champion is a female dog named Lucy. And the other quick uh, fun fact about this dog named Lucy is that she was also in The Office. If you'll remember the end of season eight, uh, in the really, really, really bad storyline towards the end there with Andy Bernard just like sucking like everything he was doing with just just being a terrible character on the show. When he adopted all those animals at that uh, fundraiser, Champion is actually, you know, that dog is just there because it's all, all dogs that were about to be put <laughs> put down. So uh, Champion having one leg was just a, a, a perfect prop dog, basically. So that was kind of cool. Um, also, real quick, want to just give a quick shout out to um, my sister-in-law's um she she runs a, a non-profit non-profit pit bull rescue called Bombshell Bullies. So um, I just wanted to bring that up because of uh, my love for pit bulls and <clears throat> just how cool it was to see Champion in this episode. And I also have uh, some friends that have a one-legged pit bull, and um, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, well, if you're ever interested on Instagram, Bombshell Bullies, check them out. Anyway, in Bowling for Votes, we see April's competitive side when the Parks Department is collecting donations for Leslie's campaign. Since Chris is so cheery and optimistic and downright obnoxious, April vows to beat him. She does. It's bittersweet, though, as Jerry's daughter Millicent has broken up with Chris during the fundraiser, and now Chris was sad and depressed. After her win, April offered an extra ticket to Chris so he could join them at a movie. Also, I forgot to mention that the winner got two free movie tickets. I do love this scene as it shows a rare sweet side to April because she can see that he's going through a lot. So when she comes in and she gives him the ticket, it's kind of awkward for her. You can tell because at first he doesn't really want it because he knows for one, he knows he didn't win. And it's like, well, you know, there was only two tickets. I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to take the ticket from you guys. And she's just like, oh, come on, dude. The ticket was like 10 bucks. It's not a big deal. And she's like, I'm, I'm trying to make a, a, a nice gesture. Like she's actually saying these things to him. So She's kind of made, she, it's it's awkward for her, but she's trying to be nice to Chris, and uh, so she ends up giving him kind of like a nice, like friendly hug. Um, so that was kind of cute, cute. In Operation N, April does the most evil thing in the whole series. She sets up Tom and Anne. I I can't not <laughs> I can't not get to this when I'm talking about anything else in the show. When it comes down, I just have to bring it up. Um, Actually, I just don't have the energy to get into it now. It's like it's 12, 19 a.m. And um, yeah, I just I feel like I, I've talked to about uh, 
this problem every single time. Like I just said, when I've done other people's, uh, you know, ands and toms or whatnot, I just talk about how much I hate the relationship. So April, you scumbag, you're the one who caused this problem. I hate you, but not really, but I do, but I don't. In campaign shakeup, after Pawnee is shown to have a disgusting, unusual way of drinking from water fountains, April comes up with the idea to just remove the spout. So this is actually just, it seems insignificant, but like in the long run for Pawnee, it would be a big deal. I believe I've talked about this probably in Andy's episode, but this to me is one of the funniest physical gags in the show. And I would say it, it's probably a top 10 overall gag for me. And if you're unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, Anne gets the task that she has to figure out a, a more sanitary way for the, for the water fountains in Pawnee to be used because the people in Pawnee literally go down to the spout and put their entire mouth over it. So the entire spout is in their mouth and they suck the water up and it is so, oh my God, it is so damn funny especially when Andy's doing it and the camera zooms in and it shows his cheeks and he looks like a fish. It, oh my God. I, I watched it the other day, you know, like, and I rewound it like three or four times. I mean, just like, and then Jerry puts the little cage on it and Andy's trying to get close and he just like, like a little kid just kind of rips the cage off and then just puts his mouth over and starts sucking the water out again. It is so funny. So uh, anyway, in live ammo, April, who has been having a tough time covering for Leslie's duties with her being busy with the election, has decided to hold an adoption fair at a park for the displaced shelter animals after cutbacks closed the animal shelter. However, only one girl adopts a dog, and after a woman drops her animals off, April somehow ends up with more animals than she started with. Tom cheers her up, though, telling her to think about that one girl and how happy she is now. In the season finale, win, lose, or draw, April realizes that Andy's true calling is being a police officer. Moving on to season five. In the premiere episode, Miss Nope Goes to Washington, April has tagged along with Ben to Washington, D.C. to be his assistant while he runs a campaign. Leslie and Ben come out to visit, and April and Andy are on the floor, inappropriately making out within seconds of first contact. They then admittedly leave to go have sex. In Soda Tax, April is revealed to be the culprit who keeps posting drawings of Ben around their new office. When his office is filled with interns of powerful government officials, kids, <clears throat> he now knows he has to kiss everyone's ass. So April isn't making it any easier, and Ben has to actually yell at her and demand that she do a better job and give more effort. She agrees and even has a pep talk with Ellis, one of Ben's new interns. Ellis hates you, and he has herpes. What's your problem? My problem is you, Smellis. Ben told you to finish the website, and if you don't do it, I swear to God, I'm going to murder you in your sleep. I know where you live, 14th Street, right? I'm going to get a melon baller and scoop your eyes out and eat them, and your congressman uncle's going to have to buy you a dog to drag your eyeless face around. Do you understand me? Do it. In How a Bill Becomes a Law, April and Ben spontaneous, spontaneously decide to take a road trip to Pawnee. However, after a traffic jam <clears throat> occurs, they don't even leave the parking garage before Ben's car runs out of gas. 
They decide that next weekend they'll fly out to visit. In Halloween surprise, Ben's campaign has come to an end and April heads back to Pawnee immediately. Later, after Ron meets a nice single mom named Diane, April and Andy counsel him on how to act in a relationship. In Leslie vs. April, April announces to Leslie that she plans on proposing that a dog park be placed on the Lot 48 property. This is like to kind of to break away for a second. This is definitely like a low, like kind of like a shitty move for April. That really seems out of character because she's never been shown to be like a backstabber. So what happens here? I mean, like as you've known, Lot 48 is the pit next to Anne's house. And it's the one that the whole series is pretty much based around. Uh, like, you know, which started off Leslie and Anne's friendship. Leslie has been working for the entire series on doing something with Lot 48. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, April's like, yeah, I'm going to I want to put a dog park there, which would be nice. I mean, compared to what's there now. But it's like Leslie's like she kind of laughs at first. And then it's like, wait, what? What, what, are you, what are you talking about? What do you what do you mean you're just doing this? So I don't know. I don't really like the writing there. It didn't really make sense because I'm trying to. I don't think, you know, like there was no reason for for April to like try to backstab uh, uh, Leslie like that. I just think she was just impatient and just being selfish and was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to I'm going to try to take it because it's available. So I really hated that, actually. And, um, you know, in the end of the episode, everything worked out fine. But it's still it shed like a really negative light on April. And I don't know why they did that. So. Um, in the episode Women in Garbage, April and Leslie spend the day as garbage women after Leslie attends a gender, gender equality commission meeting and it's all men. Leslie asks why there's no women in sanitation and they tell her that the job is too physically demanding. April and Leslie make better average time than the men and are able to dispose of a large freezer unit that had become a nuisance for a store owner. As a, re as a result of their work, three women are hired as garbage women. In Anne's decision, April has to lead the public forums due to Leslie being busy with her city council duties. April figures that the best way to get through the forums would be to imitate Leslie, which has bad results. Andy eventually convinces April to just be herself. She ends up getting 80 signatures for the park, but also 30 complaints about rudeness. April and Andy celebrate the victory by burning Leslie's pantsuits that April had been borrowing. In Leslie and Ben, in the episode Leslie and Ben, that is, April and Andy are responsible for getting Ethel Beavers to sign off on a marriage certificate for Ben and Leslie, which they do, allowing the two to get married. In Bailout, April begrudgingly asks Anne, who is a nurse, for a recommendation letter that April needs to apply for vet school. Anne agrees, but only if April hangs out with her for the day. They do a series of girly things like manic manicures and boy talk. Manicure, manicure, manicures, right? Yeah, and boy talk. Later, April notices a weird vibe between Anne and Chris and won't stop pestering Anne until she finally reveals that she wants Chris to have her baby, but is afraid to ask. April retracts, and the two bond over the song, Time After Time, which you find out that April has a, a real weakness for, and that Anne also loves, because they all say it's one of the greatest songs ever. I believe that's a Cindy Lauper song. Good stuff. Actually, speaking of her, she is uh, has a quick cameo in the movie Goonies, which I was talking about earlier, when uh, Brad 
played by Josh Brolin, who is also Thanos, which is in the MCU, which is what I was talking about. Earth, man, this six degrees of everything. Crazy. In animal control, after the animal control is all fired due to incompetence, due to incompetence, April comes up with the idea for the Parks Department to absorb animal control, and she becomes the deputy director of animal control, that is. That moves us to season six. In the season premiere, London, April, along with Leslie, are the only two guests in attendance for Ron and Diane's wedding. Since it's an impromptu wedding, Les- Leslie and April just happened to be there when Ryan, when Ryan, when Ron and Diane were heading to the fourth floor to get married. One month later, April has an announcement. She nominated Leslie for an award for the International Coalition of Women in Government, and Leslie was one of five winners. The ceremony was to be held in London in one month. So we go forward another month, and half of the Parks crew head to London. Ben and Andy are there to try to get support for their charity from Lord Edgar Covington III. He asks Andy to stay for three months to help get the charity running, and April April encourages him to do it. In the Pawnee Eagleton tip-off classic, April visits a a vet school in Bloomington with Anne. After a tour of the school, April realizes that she doesn't want to attend vet school. In the episode Fluoride, April, Donna, and Craig make a spirit dog board with pictures of dogs that most resemble each park's member. When April mistakenly pairs Donna with a cute fluffy dog, Donna is offended, feeling that April knows nothing about her. April tells Donna that she needs a little more time to try to figure it out. After some trial and error, she realizes that Donna doesn't have a spirit dog because she's a cat. She's temperamental, unpredictable, complex, and hard to read. She makes people work before she lets them in, but if they put in the time to prove that they care, she opens herself up to them. Donna is impressed and thankful for the kind words and hugs April. Very good moment. Um, yeah, this is this is actually a, a good moment that is kind of leading us to more so the, the, the friendship that April and Donna are shown to have, like, later on in the series like in it, when donna gets married april becomes her her um her uh maid of honor and you see more in season seven that they just they've they've gotten a lot closer over the years which is kind of cool because there was always kind of a weird like you never knew for sure if april was jealous of Anne because of how much leslie loved her like there were definitely scenes i mean like numerous times where april would react to leslie you know saying nice things about Anne. Sometimes it might have just been her annoyed because she doesn't like Anne, but other times it looks like she may have been annoyed because Leslie is showing her all the attention. So I think this was kind of a way for them to maybe, um, yeah, just kind of make April not have to be the, like the third part of that love triangle with Anne and Leslie. Not like it ever really got to that. That's just kind of how I think. So I do like that they just, Hey, you know what? Let's let's have these two BF, BFFs. So I kind of like that. In the Cones of Dunshire, April buys Ron's cabin for everything in her purse. <laughs> uh, real quick, yeah, with that one, Ron's trying to sell his cabin. And since it's like a really nice, nice little small cabin, like there's a bunch of hipsters that are trying to buy it. And all these people that are there, like Ron just hates all of them. Like I said, they're all hipsters and they're all like, you know, like little little cheese balls just like eh. so 
after Ron's Ron's just like kind of pissed off when he's hearing that a lot of these people don't even care about the cabin. They were either just they want the land or they're going to have it like completely demolished and rebuild or whatever. So he doesn't really want to sell. And then April's like, I'll buy it for whatever's in my purse. And she has like eight dollars and like a couple other just like knickknacks, like nothing. And he's like, sure, I'll take it. And uh, so he gives her the cabin. It's kind of cool, actually. Um in Farmer's Market, after Andy agrees to play at Craig Middlebrook's nephew's birthday party, he needs to come up with a new character, ba- <laughs> a new character, and that's where Johnny Karate comes from. After the party, a woman approaches Andy and asks his rates. April tells her immediately that it's $200, and then she tells Andy that this could be his calling. So April is kind of the one, uh, I feel like actually, you know, Andy's the one putting in the work, but like Craig came up with the name Johnny Karate and then April's the one that immediately was like, she became almost like his manager instantly, which was pretty awesome, you know, because she knew he's good at it and he could make some money. So in the episode, Ann and Chris, April is beyond happy since Ann is moving to Michigan and leaving Pawnee. So real quick, if you're um, looking for the magnitude of Anne's excitement about, uh, or I'm sorry, April's excitement about Anne leaving, just think of Michael Scott when Toby was leaving to go to Costa Rica, like how excited he was there. <laughs> um, and, you know, so at the end of the episode, when they're going to open up Pawnee Commons, finally, Leslie, April and Anne show up and Leslie leaves for a few minutes because she's trying to scare off the raccoons. So April and Anne are left together and there's just like a really, really good part between these two that you kind of knew was coming because as much as Anne despises, uh, I'm sorry, I keep, sorry, as much as April does not like Anne, deep down inside and you find out here too that she always has liked Anne, you know, like Anne's been like a big sister to her and even though there was so much animosity in the beginning, animosity, yeah dad joke on point there was a lot of animosity in the first uh there because of andy and the fact that april liked him so much but she knew that Anne was the re like the roadblock the deterrent but Anne was always trying to help you know like she she did kiss andy and that just like threw a wrench in things for a little bit but it was an accident and she came out and she told april right off the bat and it's like she didn't try to pursue Andy after that. She wasn't trying to get him back. Once she knew that April liked him, I mean, she even told April, she's like, I hope the two of you get together. So I uh, I thought it was a really great ending. And when, uh, so like, yeah, if you're f- unfamiliar with it, they're stuck together. And Anne asks April, she's like, oh, so, you know, are you guys thinking about leaving Pawnee? And, you know, April immediately just kind of gets defensive. She's like, why do you care? You know, and Anne tells her, well, because I love Andy and because I love you, you know, and I want you two to be happy. And then April really quietly, like kind of under breath, she's like, I I love you too. And April's like, well, or Anne's like, wait, what did you say? And April's like, I I love you too. Like says it again, kind of under her breath. And then Anne, you know, she's like, please don't make me say it. And Anne says, as a gift to, as my going away gift to you, I will not make you say that you love me too. And then April just says, thank you. And they hug. And it's just, it was so sweet. Like I, re- I really did like it because yeah, I mean, 
you knew deep down inside that April didn't really hate Anne. It was just kind of a funny joke that just kind of came out of nowhere and kept going. So I, I love that. Um, in anniversaries, April becomes increasingly angry with Donna, who is becoming more flaky and less focused at their part-time job with the animal shelter. Since April is Donna's boss, she needs to discipline her, but is afraid to do so, so she passive-aggressively writes an anonymous negative review about Donna on the, seller, uh, sorry, on the shelter's website. Donna is pissed and begins a witch hunt trying to find the culprit behind the review. April finally reveals that it was her, and Donna admits that she knew the whole time. She agrees to take the job more serious, as long as April is honest with her about her job performance. Also in this episode, April and others come up with the Unity concert. This kind of happens at the end. In the episode Prom, the, the Pawnee-Eagleton merger has caused many cuts, including Pawnee Central High School's Prom. With, the help, with help from the Parts Department, the Prom is able to occur, so some of the staff is invited as guests. This brings up one of the best jokes of the entire series, in my opinion. In this scene... Andy picks April up for prom and they're outside the house and he's like, Oh, Hey, uh, does your mom want to take pictures? And April's like, yeah, we got to go inside. So my mom can take pictures. So this is what happens. Hey, Oren. Who's Oren? I'm April's mom. You two look adorable. Just take the picture already, mom. My baby is all grown up. Have her home by 11. Mom, stop embarrassing me. Say goodbye to your father. So, yeah, and at that point when he says, say goodbye to your father, that's when Champion, the three-legged dog, comes, uh, he comes, like, you know, like, running in, and he's wearing a little suit and has a wig on, and he actually looks like Councilman Dexhart. But, yeah, it's just one of the absolute funniest scenes in the entire series, if you ask me, because Oren is dressed up as April's mom and he looks horrifying. He has like his, his usual white, like face paint on. It's not like super white, but I mean, he just looks like a, like a mummy. I mean, he's so creepy looking, but has like a wig and he's wearing a dress and, you know, and when he takes the picture, I mean, like it's so creepy because his hand just comes up and like weekly, he takes a, like a picture without even like focusing the camera or anything. But yeah, absolutely one of the funniest scenes in the show. So in the episode moving up, Leslie tries to recruit April and Andy to move to Chicago since she will now be running the Midwest Park Service and will need to relocate there. As expected, they turn Leslie down because they love Pawnee and it's cheap to live here, there. Andy performs with Mouse Rat to close out the Unity concert. April has orchestrated a huge farewell song that involves... Mouse Rat, Genuine, Letters to Cleo, and other Unity concert bands. The season ends with a three-year time jump. Moving us into the final season, seven. In the season premiere episode, 2017, it's three years later and Andy and April are living a normal, stable life together. April is saddened that their lives have become so boring and mundane. They both complain about not being spontaneous anymore. One day while driving, they come across a rickety, haunted-looking house for sale. They buy it immediately. In Ron and Jammy, April starts feeling that the Parks Department isn't what she wants to do anymore. 
Her and Ben discuss other options and that she can even, or I'm sorry, that she even interviews at a mortuary, but even that isn't as fun as April imagined. Ben tells her to be patient and promises to help her. In Grizzlebox, Craig asks April for help with the new interns. She's immediately against it as she feels that her internship at, that as she feels that her internship kept her at this awful job for so long that she doesn't want anyone else to have to waste their time there. Craig takes April aside and explains to her that she is the person she is now because of this job. The job may suck, but it's made her a better person and has taught her the value of work. She agrees to help Craig and finds a whole new crop of interns for him to consider. In Donna and Joe, sorry, in Donna and Joe, Donna has put April in charge of making sure her wedding and reception are drama free. April is, April is also her maid of honor. Andy and April are hilarious in this episode, especially when they have to, uh, <laughs> when April has to whip Donna's family into shape. I will play that part later because it's actually going to come up pretty soon. So, um, but yeah, uh, Donna has. Well, like I said, she has put April in charge of making sure that it's drama free, because if you go back to Donna's episode or if you just know Donna, you'll know that the Beagles are notoriously kind of crazy and they just they fight and bicker about the dumbest things. So, um, yeah, it's and so it just again, just bear with me and just wait. I'll, I'll get there in the episode. Miss Ludgate Dwyer goes to Washington. April goes to Washington with Leslie after Leslie somewhat pressures her with a five-year plan for politics. April finally tells Leslie that she doesn't intend on staying in politics, and Leslie is crushed. She becomes childish and bratty, kind of like when Anne told her that she was moving. Finally, Leslie realizes that she can't control April and is happy when she decides that she wants to work with a job search center because she gives good advice and says that she can help people discover what they want and then send them far away from her. Well, good thinking. In the Johnny Karate Super Awesome Musical Explosion show, April begins to think that Andy will resent her for making them move away from Pawnee and away from what he loves. He tells her she's the most important thing in his life and that they'll figure it out. In the series finale, One Last Ride, April and Andy's future takes place in roughly 2022 and 2023. Actually, that's not roughly. That's what it says at the bottom of the screen. So, uh, or it starts off in 2022 <coughs> and ends in 2023. But anyway, uh, where Andy is now really wanting kids, but April doesn't. She says she doesn't want to bring more people into this sh shitty world, basically. It's me paraphrasing. April talks to Leslie, who gives her great advice, and a year later, April gives birth to their son, Jack. And the series ends with April expecting baby number two. And then in the Parks and Rec special, uh, I, you know, this April and Andy, I thought, in the Parks and Rec special just kind of had stupid roles. This, as I, I've given my feelings on this episode before, but it was basically... And again, I'm going to give them so much credit in the world for, for how they did this. It just, it seemed like a lot of it was forced. And in the episode, Chris, Chris, um, sorry, Andy and April, they had to be quarantined because obviously they were filming in different, they were filming in different places, like for the show, but in, within the episode, they had to make, had to make it seem like there had to be a reason for them filming in different rooms. So 
Andy was like trapped inside of their shed. And April was going through a, a thing where she threw all of her clothes into a bag. And then every day she would just pull three items of clothing out, whatever she pulled out, that's what she would wear. So it was just kind of stupid. She was wearing like a dumb hat, like a, like, I, I don't even remember. It was like one of those like two cats kind of like with like the ear flaps and stuff. I think that's what she was wearing. Again, I can't remember because I can't find the episode and no one will tell me where it is. So anyway, um, but yeah, that's, that's how the last time we saw them. And then obviously they went out singing 5,000 candles in the wind uh, as a cast, which was awesome. So that's the end of uh, April's story. Uh, my favorite scene involving April is the one, like I said, I talked about it real early on with the hamster wheel and the guy, you know, when she was talking about her idea for the mural, the first time I saw that it was almost like a jaw dropper because it's like, what the hell is wrong with this girl? Like what, you know, and I, I cut it right before Leslie's response, which it's just, there's dead silence. And Leslie's just like, I, I have one question. Why? Because again, it's like none of it makes any sense, and it's just the, the what she, the what what must have been going through her head when she thought that it was a good idea to have uh, an overweight guy on a hamster wheel eating raw beef and just bleeding from his mouth while uh, there's a giant TV off to the side that shows videos of looped knee surgeries. So uh, again, like that, just whoever wrote that was I don't know what the hell they were thinking at the time. Okay. Um, moving on to my favorite line from April, this is what I was talking about before with Donna's wedding. So in this scene, um, yeah, uh, Donna is talking to April about how, how great of a job she's doing, keeping, uh, the family in check and it cuts away to show us how April is doing that. Here are all the troublemakers, boss. Thank you. Meagles, I am not screwing around, okay? Lauren, no more discussion of Mallorca. Mallorca is off limits. Brian and Gloria, stop making Horatio feel bad that your daughter went to Yale. No one gives a And Genuine? Yes. Get it together. I'm sorry, April. Kathy started this. Okay, then let's start. I don't care! She doesn't mean it. Don't cry, Genuine. It's okay. Thanks, Andy. Um... Yeah. So that is just that that is one of my favorite scenes, favorite lines, everything. Uh, just the fact that Genuine is in tears nothing against Genuine, but it's so funny that Andy comes over and he's like, it's all right, man. She didn't mean it. So I, I just love like how angry she gets there. And then it cuts back and uh, she's just like, yeah, huh? easy peasy as far as how things are going. So um, uh, she does not appear in any other shared universe programs. And uh yeah, I just I have a couple, uh, like four or five trivia things here because I was going through her trivia and a lot of it was actually already discussed in her breakdown. So uh, just a couple extra things. Uh, April and Andy use Ben's comforters as pillow forts to have sex on. She played softball in high school. She created her own major in college, which was Halloween studies. And she gave birth to her baby Jack while listening to the song Monster Mash. So that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Remember, if you'd like to contact the show, citizensofpawnee at gmail.com is how you can reach me. You can also like and follow on Instagram at citizensofpawneepodcast and at Parks Rec Memes. New episodes drop every Wednesday morning and can be heard wherever you get your podcast now. 
please subscribe if you haven't already. Next week, I will be discussing... This is a big one. You're going to want to tune in. I am finally doing Ron Swanson. That sounded weird. You could see there was a pause there because I said I will be doing Ron Swanson. No, it's not that kind of show. I will be discussing Ron Swanson next week. So again, thank you for listening to Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. My name is Brian, and I will see you next week. The answer to the question at the beginning of the show The woman's name at the Pawnee Sun is Kim Turlando.